0: Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. Learning, give that Scalar Learning. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I'm so excited to be reaching out to you guys once again today. The podcast is on a roll. We're getting one episode out every day on an assortment of topics. I've been hearing great things from people so far as it's been rolling, so I'm super excited. Hope you guys like it. If you do, or if you don't, please hit me up. Email me at huzefa at scalarlearning.com. I'd love to hear from you. If there's any way that I could improve the podcast and the content, love to hear from you, so please reach out to me directly. Okay. So what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the night before a big test. And what I'm talking about really is the night before a standardized test because usually those are one-offs. You're just going in, you're taking that test, and you're done. It's a big deal. It's going to be a three to five-hour test, and it's going to require some serious concentration and what what is that going to hinge upon? That is going to hinge upon you having a clear, focused, relaxed, rested mind, and the way you know. No matter how much preparation you do, no matter how much you study, if you go into that test nervous, without a good good night's rest, uh, with a lot of sugar in your system, there's going to be some problems that all the preparation in the world simply will not be able to circumvent so what we need is what you guys need as parents as students whoever's listening you need to understand what are some what is a great way to really prepare what what how do you how are you going to set up and plan your night before and the morning of so that you can perform your best you can give your optimal performance you can come out with no regrets so I've written an article on the subject, and, and the article is titled ACT Prep, the Friday Before Test Day. So it's written as if it were a specifically related to the ACT, but of course, it's much broader than that. It's not just about the ACT. It's about all standardized tests. And so I'm going to be, in in addition to reading from this article I'm going to be throwing in my two cents and ta- and sort of breaking down all the little piece by piece elements of what you should be doing the night before and the morning of of course as well and just a little note I haven't haven't talked about this yet and I will we're going to do a whole episode eventually on the SAT and the new SAT, and I've got some insider information on the entire process from start to finish, which I will reveal at a later date, but we're going to talk about that entire experience as well, specifically with respect to the SAT. So let's begin. For those of you taking the, now again, this was written at a time, it was right before uh, uh, ACT coming up. In fact, there is one coming up in June, so this will have some relevance. For those of you taking the ACT in the next few days, your fastidious and dedicated preparation routine is coming to an end. Whether you studied five hours a day for three months, two hours a day for one month, or merely crammed the last week and a half, it doesn't matter anymore. All of that is immaterial now. Close your eyes, take a deep breath, and exhale. Release any lingering rumination about what you could have done, should have done, or might have altered within your study routine. Let it go. It's nearly game time, and the only thing left for you to do is get yourself ready for the big test. Over the years, I've worked with a number of students preparing for both the SAT and the ACT. For some reason, I routinely encounter students possessed by the urge to study relentlessly the day before the test. This is not advisable for a number of reasons. First and foremost, the likelihood that you will absorb anything of value that close to the test day is slim to none. Secondly, cramming the day before the test will likely shake your confidence. You will be hypersensitive and overly critical. Therefore, any mistakes or unfamiliar material might send you into a tailspin. Third, your brain, like every muscle in your body, needs to rest. A vigorous workout of practice problems will impede its ability to function at a high-caliber come test day. Finally, studying the night before can make it difficult to fall asleep. If you are not well rested, you will be shooting yourself in the foot before the test even begins. To make sure that you give yourself the best chance possible for success, I have prepared a chronologically ordered to do list for those of you who are about to take the ACT. I wish you all the best of luck. So, that excerpt again is from my blogs, from one of my articles, and it hits a point that I just have to reiterate the night before, you are not meant to study. And this is a principle that I have followed myself, even as a student, because I was told the exact same thing growing up. You should not be stressing yourself out and going to town the night before. It's just not going to do you any good. There's, There's a point at which you have diminishing returns. And actually, forget about diminishing returns. There's a point at which you're getting negative output and that that happens when you're basically at that point where it's the day before you're probably not going to absorb a whole lot and hey guess what on a standardized test you need to be thinking clearly you need to be well rested so at that point the day before now it's time to just rest relax try and have a calm clear mind and say hey you did your best you studied very hard and that's it now you're going to now you're going to nurture your brain and really let Let your instincts and your test-taking abilities guide you. All right, so here we go. So this is my ideal set of activities the Friday before the exam. Okay, so first, we're going to start out at 4 p.m. Okay, usually this is the time that you might get home from school. You're finished with a long day. So you get home at 4. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to review the following checklist to ensure that you are completely ready for the test. And I know that for even the most recent SAT, they gave this exact checklist. So first, you're going to make sure that you have a valid photo ID. So usually that will be a driver's license will be sufficient. If you don't have a driver's license, a passport, if you really don't, if you don't have a passport, you might be pressed to get a a birth certificate in combination with some other photo ID, but you're going to need a solid piece of photo identification. The next thing that you got to bring with you is your admission ticket. So usually you will have an admission ticket, that you've printed out right when you're registering right when you're signing up for the sat or act or what have you if you can't find it or don't have it you should be able to log back into the system at the college board or wherever and print out another copy so make sure you have that make sure it's printed out and sitting in one spot next to you next to all the things you got to bring and if you don't find it print it out again you'll be good another thing is, this is what they recommend, by the way, is three number two pencils and erasers. Okay, so the idea here is you're going to over-prepare. You obviously are probably not going to need three pencils. Maybe you'll need one, maybe two, but bring three just in case. And the funny thing is most of the time at most of these test centers, they're nice enough usually to have pencils for students who forget them. And that that's typically the case. That being said, you don't want to rely on that you want to come with a with more than enough so the the reason being is that it takes away any worry like for example let's say you get in the car the morning of the test and you know that they probably going to have pencils, but then you just realize, oh my god, I forgot my pencils. Now guess what? You're going to be stressed out for those 30 minutes until you arrive at the test center, until you sit down and realize there are pencils. And while you may not think that's a big deal, that's exhausting to be stressed out for that period of time. And that's going to waste energy. It's going to waste willpower. So a number of things is are going to happen to you negatively that's going to affect your cortisol levels, which has to do with stress. Testosterone levels, etc. So it's going to be very bad. So that's why I recommend bring three pencils. You don't have to worry about a thing. Okay. The next thing you need, of course, is a calculator and a calculator with fresh batteries. Now, if you're looking for a calculator that is approved for the SAT for the IC, can't use a calculator. But if you're looking for a calculator that is approved for the SAT or the ACT, there they they have lists of approved calculators that you can bring in with you that will be allowed. But even if you can't find that, what I've noticed is when you go and buy calculators now in the stores, the CVS or wherever, Office Max, a lot of the calculators list on them college board approved, approved for the SAT, the ACT, so on and so forth. So you can just look on those, you can look at the list of approved models, but you can look on the actual calculator package and it should say, it should be very clear uh, whether or not it is something that you can bring in. So make sure you have that. The College Board also recommends that you bring in a watch that doesn't make any noise. You can bring one. You don't have to. It's nice, I think, if you're trying to pace yourself. Usually, they will tell you when there's about 10 minutes and then again, hopefully, when there's about five minutes left on the test. And then some some proctors even tell you when there's one minute left. But this is not necessarily going to happen. The proctor may do it. They may do less. They may forget so if you want to keep track of time and timing is an issue, I do recommend bringing in a watch, a timing device. And by the way, most of the time now, when you take a standardized test, they will ask you to take out your smartphone and put it at the front of the room on silent. So the usually you can't even have your smartphone on you as a timer or anything. They don't want it near you because there's too much potential for you to use it for people to use it not you, but for people to use it in an unsavory way. So the idea is you leave it at the the front. okay The other thing that you should do that you should do at 4 pm is make sure you look up the test center location. If you have time in the week before it'd be even more awesome if you could drive there and scope it out and know exactly where you got to go. If you can't do that, look it up now at 4 pm. print out the map, put it or put it in your GPS or whatever however you plan to, to get there. Whatever device you plan to use, put it in, program it, see the distance, see the time, and that way you can rest easy and you can plan out the morning accordingly. And the last thing you're going to do at 4 p.m. is you're going to set your alarm for the next morning. Now, let's say you have to be at the test center no later than 8.45. In that case, I would try to be in the door at a minimum by 8.30. That means show up by 8.15. And let's say you live 30 minutes away, so now we're back at 7.45, plus you need about 30 minutes to get up and eat breakfast. Now you're going to set your alarm for 7, 7.15, somewhere in there. I would say 7 just to be safe so you're not rushed. Set your alarm right now. Even set two alarms if you can. And now you've done everything. Hopefully all your materials, you've got a place in your kitchen or your main room right where the car is and you lay down your pencils, you lay down your calculator, you lay down the admission ticket, everything nice and neat right next to each other so that in the morning you can quickly do a quick review one more time. Okay, good. I got everything. I feel good. I'm ready. And then you're good to go. So that's the idea. The idea is, you can see this will be the theme throughout, is you're trying to do everything to minimize any sort of risk. Uh, any sort of risk, excuse me, of something going wrong And the reason why we minimize that risk Is to alleviate any extra pressure that you might feel Any extra anxiety that you might have And so that's the whole purpose of all of this preparation It's just the same reason why you study it So you don't let your nerves and your anxious, your anxiety get to you So that's it That's what you're going to do from 4 to roughly 5 p.m. Okay, now here we go at 5 p.m. If you like to play basketball, go shoot some hoops with your friends. If soccer is your thing, then kick a ball around for an hour. A solid workout will boost your serotonin levels and reduce your stress. It will kick up your metabolism while tiring out your body, ensuring that you are able to get a solid night's rest. So for me, personally, I would go play tennis or maybe go to the gym. But tennis, for me, I love it. And I'm sure all you guys out there have a sport of choice, something that you love. It could be bowling. It could be whatever. But something that's going to have a nice workout for you and allow you to have some fun, allow you to feel good in a very healthy and positive way, that will be your activity from 5 to 6. So just go on, don't think about anything, clear your mind and enjoy. All right, now we move on to 6 p.m. So at 6 p.m., eat a healthy but filling dinner. Nutritionists recommend eating lean meats such as fish or chicken, along with a healthy portion of green vegetables the night before an exam. Personally, I like eating uh, sesame-based fish stir fry with broccoli, bean sprouts, mushrooms, and onions. So that's what I like to eat. Whatever it is you like to eat, eat it. Now, what are things to stay away from? We're talking. We're staying away from simple carbs. Okay, that's, that's that's a big no-no because that is essentially equivalent to eating sugars. So we're talking about pasta, talking about breads, even white rice, things like that. Even potatoes, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go to town on that. Eat light, eat healthy, put good nutrients, good stuff in your body that's not going to give you a spike and then a crash, even the night before. Just eat really, really good, healthy food and it will just give your body more good nutrients for you to perform better the next morning. All right, now after dinner, we go to 7 p.m. Do something fun and relaxing. If you love to read, curl up with your favorite book. If you are a cinephile, I recommend watching a great movie. But a quick word of caution, don't dive into something new or overly exciting. An intriguing movie or captivating novel could potentially spike your adrenaline, making it harder for you to fall asleep. Choose something, ideally, that you're already familiar with. So for me, for example... I like to watch things that I've watched before. It's a a weird thing. I don't actually usually read books a second or third time, but shows, random things, especially in the background, like The Office or Breaking Bad or Super Troopers, just a bunch of random movies or shows that I like. Another show called Love on Netflix, which is amazing. It's incredible. Shows like that I'll often put on, just briefly if i'm trying to relax and chill out and maybe about to fall asleep it's because you don't get so it's you, you don't get drawn in and you're not so curious that you want to watch the next one and the next one and the next one it's just something to put on that's familiar that feels good and puts you in a calm state so that's what i would recommend reading is better than watching something to be honest if if you have something that you can read that's just relaxing and that's not going to get you too anxious for example if you love harry potter and you crack open a new harry potter novel the, pr- the problem might be that you want to read 200 pages because it's so good and it's so captivating. And then before you know it, you're up for several hours and you're really excited. You're just thinking about Harry Potter. So that's not the way to go. But instead, maybe you could reread a novel if that's your thing. Uh, and if you do want to watch something, watch something that you've seen before that you like, that's comfortable, calming, etc. Are you going to do that for a couple hours? So I say from seven to nine. And then at nine o'clock... That's a beautiful, great time to try and go to sleep because even if you have to wake up at 6 a.m., for those of you who have to wake up especially early, now we're talking at least nine hours of really, really great sleep. So there you go, 9 p.m., go to sleep, enough said. Saturday, test day, game time. So you're going to now wake up somewhere between 6 and 7, but this is this is going to vary based on, let's just say 7 a.m., but this will vary based on how far you have to drive, what your morning routine is. For me, my morning routine is fast. I get up, I shower, I brush my teeth. I'll maybe make some coffee or grab a really, really quick bike to eat. So I'm ready, to, and I, I can put my clothes on very quickly, so I'm ready to go in 20 minutes pretty much, maybe 25 minutes. So depending on, on the length of your commute and routine, somewhere between six and seven, let's say. But you should wake up early enough to have a nice and relaxing breakfast. Nutritionists recommend a combination of eggs, oatmeal, and fresh fruit. Okay, so I've specifically picked foods that have been recommended by nutritionists to boost your mental abilities. And it's and you'll notice, look, this is amazing stuff. This is uh, eggs, which has a lot of protein, a little bit of fat, but good fat. Oatmeal, and when I say oatmeal, you don't want to be having oatmeal where you're loading it up with sugar. Ideally, don't even put any sugar in the oatmeal. If you want something to sweeten it up, put some fresh fruit in there. You can have it separately or together. Throw some berries in there, maybe throw some raisins. Those are a little high in sugar, but bananas would be amazing. You throw that stuff in and you eat it together. Oatmeal is great. It's so great. It will give you a nice, long, sustained burn of energy that will keep you going throughout the test day. So you should try to avoid overly sweet items or caffeinated beverages as they can cause drastic energy swings, potentially leaving you susceptible to a mid-test crash. If, however, you are accustomed to always taking exams after a cup of coffee, then you might want to stick to your routine. So this is something that, for me, as now I'm 35... I do drink coffee regularly. And if I were to take a test, I would probably have a cup of coffee. But that's my routine. If you are in high school, you're probably not drinking a lot of coffee, probably not drinking it at all. So don't don't now decide to make this the time where you try coffee and then be wired out of your mind and feel weird and uncomfortable and then crash. That's going to be a recipe for disaster. So stick to your routine. But if perchance you're a little bit older, you are drinking coffee regularly, fine, stick to your routine. 7.30 a.m. So, 7.30 is what I... So, this is based on the assumption that you have to arrive at the test center at 8 a.m. So, assuming you have to arrive at 8 a.m., I recommend arriving a solid 30 minutes in advance. So, you get there, let's say, it's 7.30. And I say you shouldn't arrive at 7.50, not 7.55, because, again... It's not about being on time because you you could arrive at 750 and walk into the door and you'll probably be okay. You'll get seated and all that. But when you leave a closer window, you're leaving less room for error as far as traffic and other things. You're leaving less room for error if you go to the wrong building. And your brain is smart. Your brain knows that. And that's going to be A potential source of stress and anxiety. If instead you leave this huge window of a half an hour to find everything you need to find, you will feel relaxed. You'll be relieved. You won't run in with this huge spike of energy, which will then of course only leave you to crash later on, maybe after the first section or the second section where you feel very tired and exhausted. So arrive nice and early. Give yourself an adequate cushion so that you will most definitely be on time. So that's the idea. Now you've got there nice and early. You can check in, you can hang out, you can listen to music if they allow it. They're pretty strict on you not using your cell phones or even turning them off, even while you're waiting. So it's it just depends on the particular proctors or whatever whatever they whatever they sort of say to you. You should definitely follow their advice. And I know they do warn that if they're if you're seen using your cell phone inside the building, then you could just they'll confiscate your score. They won't even let you take the test at that point. So be careful of that. But then you can just hang out, chill. If you have friends there, cool. Talk, whatever. Okay, one last piece of advice. Now you're going to go in, you're going to take the test. And there's going to be breaks after each section, whether it's the ACT or SAT. You're going to be able to go to the bathroom, come back, whatever. Kids are going to go out into the hall. Now, they tell you that you're not supposed to talk about the test. But inevitably, I guarantee you, some kids will be talking about the test. Some kids will be talking about particular answers, what they got, what they were confused about. I strongly recommend you do not get involved with this. They gave me the same advice at every step of education that I've gone through. And the last big test that I had to take was the bar, California bar exam, which I was quite nervous for. And that was the same thing. But that was a three-day exam. It was eight hours each day, so a 24-hour test. And that one, technically allowed to talk about it on the breaks because once the section's over, it's over. But, but they really recommended that we don't talk about the test to each other because it does nothing but stress you out. It literally will make you – it's like all it's going to do is if you got stuff right, great. It's not going to give you that much of a boost, but if you get stuff wrong, now you're going to be panicking, now you're going to be doubting yourself. So it's just going to be a source of negativity. I say zone it out, talk about other things, relax, enjoy, hang out with your friends and be pleasant and just just try and be positive and then go back in, knock it out, and then you're done. Lastly, I encourage you even after you take it to not talk about it cuz it's just going to be a source of stress. Wait till the results come back. If you performed as well as you want to perform, great. Celebrate. And have fun, be happy. If you didn't, try to assess what what happens. Take it again. It's the best. The only thing you can do if if you fell way short of your expectations, try try again. These these standardized tests can indeed be mastered. I've seen it many 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 times. So do not fret. So that's it. That is the routine from start to finish for the night before a big test, big standardized test. So I hope this was helpful. If you want to check out the show notes, go to www.scalerlearning.com. And, of course, for more articles, more podcasts, check out the website consume as much free content as your heart desires even check out the youtube channel which has got a bunch of videos up there already and that will keep coming down this summer continuously so we hope you check that out and enjoy it if you have any questions again hit me up at huzaifa at scaleitlearning.com. would love to hear from you and that's it that's all for today's show hope you guys enjoy it see you guys next time take it easy Give me that skill learning, learning. learn learning. Give me that